Hi, thanks for tuning in to the Joy for Ministry podcast. On today's episode, I interview Nicole Winsick. What an amazing conversation we have. Nicole is an author, a speaker, a mom. She has been in ministry for over 15 years and has served alongside her husband. What an amazing story she has. I love how passionate Nicole is about living her life fully surrendered to God, no matter what that looks like. And she is so passionate about encouraging women to do the same thing. Take a listen to our conversation. Let's just jump right in. Like, tell me a little about yourself, your ministry, what you do. Yeah, (laughs) that's funny, right? Tell me your story. I feel like a lot of people say that Um, when they hear, when they sit down for, you know, days at a time, they're like, whoa, you're like a 90 year old woman in a 35 year old's body, right? Like we have gone through a lot. And um, so I grew up as a preacher's kid and my dad was a church planner. Both my grandfathers um, were preachers and then I married a pastor. And so, um, and I myself felt called to ministry, but it wasn't probably in this like planned out sense. It was just life. You know, we were raised that everything we did, no matter what our vocation was, uh, we were sold out living for Jesus. And so I don't think I went in necessarily thinking this is what I'm going to do. It was just an open handedness of, of God, I love you. I want to make an impact with my life. Uh, And so whatever you want me to do, um, at a young age, I was just like, I want to marry a good looking godly man. Right. (laughs) So that's why I went to college, um, to find a good looking godly man married, did thank God met one on the beach, married him. And here we are 15 years later. Um, so we have, let's see, three kids. I have two junior high boys, one daughter. So Logan, Jesse, and then hallelujah. Um, and her name has a story there of, um, victory and loss. So story for another day, but yeah, three kiddos. And we have basically moved all over, over the last 15 years, living fully surrendered God, wherever you want us, however you want to use us. And it has been full. I'm saying full of everything you could possibly think of full of adventure, full of trials, full of heartbreak and sorrow and beautiful friendships and brokenness. Um, it's been full. So we have lots and lots of journeys. And then just recently, um, the last probably two, two and a half years have been the toughest, um, years of my life and our ministry life. So we had some big changes come up. Um, but right now, currently, you know, there's, there's, there's so many stories layered within, right? Don't we all have those? Um, but currently God has just aligned our path. So we launched with life church. Um, mm-hmm. the, we were the 35th campus, the first one wow. in Colorado. And so, um, my husband is a pastor on staff at life church. And this is the first time that I haven't been on staff in, I don't know, over a decade. Wow. So our took just a kind of a turn last year. Um, but God has kind of forced me into something that I have been only kind of one foot in one foot out. Okay. God like has a way of doing that. (laughs) Like, it's just, we're all in all of the sudden. Mm -hmm. Um, so you grew up a pastor's kid ministry was just a part of your life. Mm -hmm. And here you get married, like, no, you know, knowing what to expect. So you must have felt prepared and confident to step into ministry. You know what? It's funny. Um, I was just talking to a friend about this. I feel like I'm not sure if you resonate with this, but um, the older you get or the more you mature in Christ, it's like you think you knew you think you know everything when you're younger. But the older you get, the more you mature, the the more you realize what you don't know. Right. And so I probably felt prepared. I probably felt like I knew everything, you know. Yeah. But uh Really, I wish that I would have listened to some people more or been hungry to say, teach me um, instead of, you know, we're young, we've got this right. Because now I'm actually more like, wow, you know what? God has a way of teaching you through your brokenness and saying, you're right. I don't really know everything. So I'm right. willing to. 
Right. And I find that like, just through talking with women, no matter how prepared you think you are, there are so many different types of churches, different types of roles that you can never really, even though you grow up one way, the -hmm. church that you may lead in looks different or is different. And it's so hard to be prepared for ministry because it's so different everywhere you, you look, there's different aspects, different churches, different personalities. So it's hard to be prepared. Absolutely. So what were some of the things that you stepped into early on that were maybe unexpected or surprising? Yeah. Let's see. Do you want the good stuff or the bad stuff? (laughs) Oh, I want it all. Okay. I think some things that, so I'm, I'm a heart on my sleeve, love deep, go big, you know, um, put myself out there. And I think what I didn't expect was, um, the way people would in the church, um, could hurt you even when you really love them well, um, imperfectly, right? We all are imperfect, but the unexpected pains and, um, just betrayals from within the church walls and within your teams, that was the hardest and still continues to be the hardest battle. Yeah, I think that is, and I could tell just, you know, from when we met, you know, a year ago, you are that you're like me in that warm, that like, I'm going to tell you ever, like, I'm going to be your friend. And I think that that was hard also for me in ministry, like starting in ministry and realizing, wow, not everybody's like that. Oh, wait, I have to, what I say can come back to like guarding yourself. And I, I had no idea in ministry, you have to be, you know, guarded. Yes. And that, and there's also levels, just understanding there's levels of healthy boundaries within relationships. So, um, you know, whether you're co-pastoring or your pastor's wife, or you're leading with your husband at certain levels, you can have really great friendships, but, um, the more you lead to the higher extent you lead, the more you actually have to protect others. And, um, so whether that's your staff team or, you know, one of my absolute best friends was on our staff, but, um, my husband is her pastor, her boss. And so if we're having, you know, marriage stuff, like all couples do, it's not appropriate for me to go to her. That's not honoring to him. So having safe places outside where you can go to for that wise counsel, even though I trust her and I love her and I could tell her anything, it's not the right place. It doesn't right. honor and respect the church, my husband. And so there's a learning curve of you really just, um, and it's not because of the people, it's just because of honoring, uh, your church and knowing like you, you want to do everything to build up, not tear down. And so even if that doesn't happen in reverse, it's really important that you learn where is the right places to go. And so I know something for me that I've developed in the last few years that has been amazing, actually through leading and loving it. Um, I have a group of women, about six, seven women where we meet once a month and, um, you know, someone's in the Netherlands, there's a, a, a pastor, her and her husband lead in the Netherlands all over, you know, our mutual friend that connected us and it is a safe place where you can say the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you can share what someone on staff did. You can share what your husband did. You can share because we are all there with the same heart to challenge each other, to remind each other why we're called, but it's a safe, appropriate place to put the tough stuff because not every place is. So that's one thing I really had to learn. Yeah, that's so true. And that's so good. And it even goes, you know, sometimes those relationships can be so awkward because if she has, you know, maybe there's times when your friend doesn't like something your husband said or did, and it can just get so awkward and uncomfortable, messy. That's a good word. So it's so good to have those places outside of your circle. So you were mainly through most of your ministry, um, on staff with your husband at churches. Yes, absolutely. So we started out in, in student ministry and then, um, campus pastoring. And then, um, from there, um, 
executive teaching pastor was his role. I was creative operations over women's. And so we just kind of co-led together. And then um, about two years ago, we're called to help a struggling church plant in Colorado Springs, which is where we live now, which was so not the plan. Um, but truly his ways are higher. Doesn't mean they're always easier. You know what I mean? So following God fully surrendered, um, can be really messy, can be really painful, but ultimately he knows better. And so like we followed him in this crazy cloud of what are we doing? And so I love the rawness of it. And I think what you said is so true. Like people think ministry is going to be easy or should be easy. If it's not easy, like you think be, when the hard things happen, I'm doing something wrong and yeah. people leave ministry and don't go back in. But mm -hmm. really what you said, you know, God's ways doesn't mean it's the easy way. Yeah. Like ministry, we are supposed to come up against opposition and struggles. And so, yes, I would love to hear your story. Yeah. Well, when God called us, um, really he called my husband. This was the first time in our life that we were not fully aligned. And so this was normally when God speaks, we both feel really confirmed before we move. But this was one of those times where my husband is very kind and caring and he values my opinions. He values my discernment and my thoughts. But I was so emotionally attached um, to where we were. I was thriving and flourishing, great friendships. God was moving. It was comfortable, even though we were still charging the kingdom, right? But at that time, when God spoke to him, we were on a speaking trip um, and uh, he ran into a friend that basically asked him about our future. And when Mike told him, he asked a question, is that what you want to do? Is that what you feel called to do? And it, it was the first time my husband had actually allowed himself to think about that. It was like, we were just going on with the plan. And I'll tell you what, our life changed from that moment on. Wow. He said, I don't believe we're called here in the Bible Belt anymore. I believe where God is calling us to go out and to start something new and to go to where a growing city where unreached people are. And I'm like, hold up, what is happening, right? And so I had to just trust. We fasted, we prayed. This wasn't a rash decision. I was mourning, like this was so unexpected. We had moved several times already. And we thought this was it. We had planted roots, roots, great relationships. Like, I mean, I had, we had gone through all the tough planting seasons and we're now in the harvest. Mm. And I'm like, no, don't uproot us now. This is finally the season of blessing. Right. And so, um, a lot changed basically to fast forward. I just had to trust. I did ask God to speak to me. I said, God, you've got to give me a sign. If you're speaking to my husband, I want to support him and I will support him, but I do not want to go. I do not want to do this. And I think sometimes, um, there will be, you know, like you were saying, it's not going to be easy. When, when we have obstacle after obstacle, it was truly like when God was speaking, instead of it being like, oh, all these open doors and smooth sailing, actually all hell broke loose on our life. Wow. In every area of our life, something started to break. And it was ever since then for about a year and a half straight of brokenness and financial struggle where we were solid before we then made a choice to take a massive pay cut with and move to a a more expensive state and our house didn't sell. And I'm telling you, our dog ran away. And like my kids cried themselves to sleep and you know, we were lonely and people were jerks and it was horrible. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we are following the Lord with all of our hearts and everything falls apart. And we're like, God, what are you doing? Where are you in this? You know, like I didn't want to come in the first place, but um, something really beautiful that you don't see until later, that's, that's where I feel like God has birthed a new calling in me. Wow. And, and there's an, there's actually a really cool women's event that we have coming up here for the women of Colorado Springs and beyond, but for our city, um, a vision was birthed for it in the time of my most broken place. I was sitting out, um, uh, overlooking a mountain and I had just actually published a Bible study, even though it didn't make sense where we were and the timing. Um, but I was sitting there and I just came off of a conference 
looking and just basically pouring out my disappointments to God, pouring out my loneliness, pouring out like, why are we still here? You know, I want my old life. What, you know, just asking all these questions and God gave me a word and a vision to bring everything that I love to the women here of Colorado Springs. But the truth is I was like, how, like, we're not at a large church anymore. I don't have a team. I don't have a budget. I don't have any of the things God, but I felt it so clearly. I asked him no joke. I asked him for a sign immediately. Like I was like, uh, you will give me this sign right now if this is what you want me to do. And, and, and let me back up a second because the more desperate we get for God, the more we ultimately absolutely rely on him, the more miracles we see. Because when we're at a place where we can do it on our own, when we can figure it out, you know, we tend to rely on ourselves and, and I don't know, maybe we just get complacent without realizing it. But when you get to the end of yourself, when you get to the place where you, you still want to use all of your life for his glory, but you know, you can't do it on your own. That's when you seek God in a whole new way. And the way that God came through for me in my most broken season has been beautiful. And so fast forward a year and a half later, we are launching in just like eight weeks, our first um, one night women's event for the women of Colorado Springs. And it's called breakthrough find beauty in the breaking. And I am just reminded that like the, the hope, the, the, (laughs) the sorrow, the losses, the disappointments, all of the things that I was going through, God just kind of met me there and he brought women in, in my life at just the right time. And he told me never, ever forget what it's like to be here because I'm calling you to create spaces for women to come and to remind them no matter what they're going through, no matter how alone they feel that I am with them. I will not forget them. And I am working all things out for the good. And so that is where I've kind of launched out into this new calling to minister to women in a different way than I think I used to before. Wow. That's so good. So you were there, you know, looking out at the mountain, pouring your disappointments out to God and you asked for a sign. Did he give you a sign? He did. He gave, I mean, it was okay. That's it's kind of crazy. So, uh, God does work through Facebook. I'm just going to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) It works through anything. That's right. So, you know, when you're really emotionally like going through a lot, I think I've learned as I've, you know, grown a little bit, um, we cannot trust our emotions. We cannot trust our feelings. You know, the Bible talks about our heart and how it leads us astray. And so in relationships and following Christ, our feelings can't be trusted. We've got to go to the word and we've got to test um, to make sure, is this Nicole's emotions or is this the Holy Spirit speaking, right? And so I wasn't sure at that time when I was asking God, like, is this my old desires or is this you leading me in a new way? And I know that if this is not your divine anointing leading me, I will fail. Mm. So I need to know this is you because I can't do it without you. And so I was like, um, he had put the word breakthrough on, on my heart and I just couldn't shake it. And so I said, okay, God, um, if you want me to do this, I'm going to open up my phone. And the very first post that I see will have the word breakthrough on it. And sure enough, I open up my phone. I know this is like whatever, but what are the odds? Like, what are the odds, right? And one of my friends who her and her husband um, planted a church in the area, like we have like, I don't know, 3000 Facebook friends or whatever. So the odds are, you know what I'm saying? I opened it up and it was my friend who, who they have a church in Denver and no joke, the video, uh, it was a video of their Sunday service. And it just so happened to start on the tag of the song they were singing. And not only did it say breakthrough is coming, but it just so happened to be the only song that I have downloaded on my phone, which was the same song that I was flying over Colorado Springs as we were brokenheartedly coming. And I'm like, no, God, I don't want to go. But the first time we were flying over Colorado Springs and I was praying, God, I don't want to do this, but please speak to me. I only had one song on my phone, which is my ringtone. And it was that song 
that is called Won't Stop Now. And it was talking about how um, I believe the best is yet to come. I, I believe breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle. And to be honest, as I was listening to that in the plane, looking at Colorado Springs, which would be our new life, I had to confess to the, to the Lord, I'm sorry, God, I don't believe that the best is yet to come. It feels like my best is behind me, but not my will be done, but yours. And if this is what you're calling us to, I'm going to give every part of me, all that I am, even though I don't want to. So here I am. Use me, Lord. You know, and that's been my journey over the last couple of years is I don't like it. I don't understand it. I may not have chosen it, but even still, I'm going to give you all of me as broken as and messy as I am. I know you will use it. I know you can use it for your glory because it's not about me. It truly is your hand. As Psalms 109 says, it is your hand that has done it. Mm, That's so good. And I, I love that it was so obvious. Sometimes it's like, you know, the Lord shows up in, in certain ways where, you know, it's like, you know, I remember me saying to the Lord, I need a sign to start joy for ministry. And, and I was so broken and I needed a sign to send these emails. And I remember like I had it drafted for like two days and I went for a walk and I said, Lord, I need a sign. And I walked right into my room and I hit the send button. There was no sign, but it was, I am not a person that takes action easily. And I went in there and I did it. So sometimes it's like the Lord, you know, moves us. And sometimes he shows up where it's like, you know, so loud and you know, you, you see him in the small and you see him in the big and we don't, don't always get that. It's like that, you know, Elijah's saying the Lord wasn't in, you know, the, the fire, he was in the whisper and there's times you have the fire and there's times you have the whisper. Yeah. Both so amazing when the Lord shows up like that. Absolutely. So how long ago was that? And how long did it take you to put this, you know, vision that the Lord had given you together? Yeah. So that was, let's see, um, about a year, just, it was September. Let's see, we're 2021. Time is crazy right now. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't even so know crazy. if they're here. I'm, you know, working mom with kids at home. So I don't even know what's happening in life. So <laughs> it was about a year and, you know, a few months ago and actually prior to that, about a month and a half prior to that, So I was telling you about one of my best friends that we worked together at our church um, in Texas, where we were at before. So her and I, when we, part of the reason it was so challenging for us to leave was breaking off some of those incredible, I had several, like five friends that were just heart to heart. And then her and I worked together and were just best friends. And we felt a call to partner in ministry. So then when we had to move, it was, um, it was a breaking like I'd never experienced. Wait, God, you had told us and confirmed in us that we're better together. And that's also something that I want to encourage women in the ministry is don't do it alone. Do not do it alone. You know, iron sharpens iron, two are better than one. Um, you know, wounds from a friend can be trusted. Like it's not just a cliche. If you are alone in this and you don't have your people in community, I don't know how you make it because you need people that are, that make you better, that sharpen you and that help you. And so she was that for me as well as some other friends. But when we left, we thought, well, how are we supposed to do this? We're called partners. So fast forward a little as we're praying and mourning. I mean, it was like, it was like a death, the death of our dream, the death of our friendship. It felt like, you know, and, um, one night, and I'm telling you, this is like, not how God used to speak to me, but during the season, uh, I don't know, maybe I just needed him to be loud because my emotions were so loud because I was yeah. mourning so much because I was a mess. Right. And God in his graciousness spoke to me differently. And so, um, actually three of us had the same dream the same night and we didn't know it until one of our friends called me. I'd actually had a dream. I remember, feeling like I didn't hear a voice, but I remember in my heart an impression, Nicole, do not forget this. This is significant. Well, of course I wake up the next day. Don't remember, go about my day until I get a phone call. And, um, one of our mutual friends says, uh, she's actually quite a bit older than us. She's an incredible woman, woman of God. And she was taking her husband to the hospital. Actually, he was having like a heart procedure. And I'm like, what are you doing calling me? And she's like, listen, the Holy spirit will not let me go. 
I had a dream last night. And as soon as she said that, I remembered my dream. And she said, I had a dream. It was about you and Megan. And she starts to tell me, and she said, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you what he has conceived in you. The dream he has given both of you will come to pass. Do not give up. You know, it will be birthed. It's just going to take time and in the right season. And so she spoke that into me. And I realized my dream was also about me and Megan, my friend, and wheat, which was weird. And then, um, so I get off the phone, right? And what do I do? I call her. And I'm like, you're never going to believe this. Tina called me and, you know, stop telling her. And she's dead silent. And I'm like, are you there? Are you hearing me? And she said, Nicole, I had a dream last night about you. Wow. And we were like, what is happening? Right. So all of that to say that had happened before, and we felt called to still do ministry together, but in this new context, in this new way, sometimes God gives us a glimpse of our future. or We feel called in some way to do something, but to be honest, it doesn't usually go the way we think. And right. the temptation is to say, well, I must have misheard him or, well, this isn't going how I thought. So then people give up, but look at the people in the Bible. You, I mean, they faced obstacle, trial, failure, disappointment. And, and who's to say what was God's way or how he redirected, but God can use all of it. And so then we just decided to pray and pray. And so then when God gave me this vision and the confirmation, I called her and was like, I feel like we need to do this. Will you do this with me? And so to be honest, her yes, wasn't quite immediate um, because there were, she, you know, we're a touch difference. And she was like, I don't know how same thing. Right. So um, long story short over the next year, we, and then all kinds of things happened to be honest, her home flooded. So Southeast Texas, wow. like this is crazy stuff, right? Real right. life stuff. She's serving God and her house floods and she loses everything and they don't have insurance. Right. Oh. Gets back in. Right. And then, um, right after I launched the Bible study, right about the time God gives me this vision, I was afraid to call her because her house had just flooded again. So then I'm like, Hey, you want to help me, even though your house just flooded for the second time, right? Like following the Lord fullheartedly does not mean life will be easy, right? But he will get us through it. And he, if we fully rely on him and fully obey him, he's going to use everything. And we're going to realize like the God that we think we knew when we had it all together, like our faith was so small when we serve God, when we don't have it together. And when there is no way we see how big God really is. So she ended up saying yes anyways. And, um, you know, that was actually just about five months ago. So we've just been in full, um, risk, like prayer seeking. And we, um, just two months ago, I think it was decided we're going to do this. We booked the venue. We've been now God's been bringing it together in an incredible way. So I know that's like random pieces of the story, but I pray whoever's listening to this is in, is encouraged and the Holy spirit will speak to them that, um, you know, like life is so imperfect, Mm. but our God meets us right where we are. And he truly does have everything we need. And even in our broken places where we don't see him working, we don't feel him with us. The truth is he's always there. Even in the mm. silence, he's working. And I know I had to, I had to figure out some of my faith again and wrestle some of my faith when God was silent, when mm. everything was going bad. And I had to choose, do I trust him? Or do I only trust him when the circumstances merit trust? And so my faith has really changed through the broken. And that's where a lot of the beauty of my new journey has come from, because it's not a faith based on what God does for me or how he answers my prayers. It's a trust in a God that is love, that is good, that wants kingdom, uh, eternity impact more than me. And so no matter what my life looks like, I trust that he is good. He is God. He is love. And so even if my life doesn't feel good, he is ultimately sees better, knows better, will plan for it in a way I couldn't. And so I just trust fall into that. And so it's a really clean way to live, even though it's not easy. Amen. That is so good. What a testimony. Now, before we really got into this interview, we were just chatting. Um, 
and you had asked about my hurt and, you know, we've talked about this before. And I said to you that I'm to the point where I would say it was worth it Mm -hmm. 10 times over because of what the Lord has done. And you said that you just recently got to that point that you can say the same thing. So can you touch on that a little and what has that been like to heal and um, to come to that point where you could say what we went through was worth it now? Absolutely. So it was probably three and a half weeks ago, actually. And I had not been back to Texas in two years since we moved. And I had a ministry trip, a work trip that I had to go back. And I was a little bit nervous that it would emotionally, you know, take me back because I had been healing. I had been seeing God's hand and I didn't want to go back. I've been claiming, um, I think it's in Isaiah where he says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. I'm doing a new Mm -hmm. thing. So I've been really claiming that and trying to release what was so I can embrace what is. And because, you know, we cannot fully appreciate what's in front of us if we're constantly looking back what was. So I was wrestling with that tension of Lord, you know, keep me in check. And And so it was actually went through this trip and, you know, was back in, in my old stomping grounds. If if whoever says that, whatever, that's a Southern term. Um, I don't actually talk like that. So um, on the plane back, it was so crazy because I remembered the plane ride. I already told you about how I was so brokenhearted to come to Colorado Springs. Well, this time, my first time back from there, it was, it was, I don't even know how to fully put it into words, but it was a revelation um, of what God is doing now. The relationships that over two years, I was able to appreciate now what is, seeing what God is going to do. The realization of the women, the calling that he has for me now that I wouldn't have had. It looks different. Let's just say this. It looks different. But all of a sudden I realized what I had wanted, what I would have chosen may have looked good and felt good, but may not have had the same significant eternal impact of what me going through my broken process, I am now reaching really broken women in a different way. And so I was thinking about the women that are in my living room on a regular basis. I was thinking about our life group. I was thinking about the women that are coming to this event. To be honest, the women that I get to speak through now, um, because I'm not on staff at a church, I'm able to travel more because my husband's workload is a little bit lighter. When we were leading the whole church and uh, the church plant, you know, everything was on our shoulders. We had to say no to everything else. Yeah. But now I get to, um, you know, I love partnering with other churches and speaking at their events or their churches or their women's conferences. I love it. And so I remember standing, uh, I was in Tennessee and I was standing on the, the stage at a women's event and I was looking out and it was literally seeing God. I was speaking about one of my broken times and I saw several women just break and I saw the power of God work through me healing and mending their lives. And as I was flying back, I was like, wow, it's worth it. I wouldn't have before this time. It was like all of it collided and came together in one picture. If I wouldn't have gone through this, if I wouldn't have experienced this, I would not be able to be used in this way. And so, whereas before I was wanting it to go back to a different way, now I'm realizing I actually would choose to go through this again because of the result, not because of, of how the process was, but because of what God was doing through it, through me, I am a, I am a more usable vessel in God's hands than I was before. I am more messy. I'm more broken. I'm more humble, but I am more usable right now. And so wherever he wants me, how, you know, whoever he wants me to speak to, whether it's women in my living room, whether, whether it's at an event or a church, I don't care. I just want to be available to speak healing and hope and life and victory. And because I was that woman who needed it. And so now he's called me to be that. Mm, That's so good. That's so good. And what you say, like you are seeing the benefits of this in your walk with the Lord, in your faith, 
but then seeing it also in your kids' lives, mm. in your home, in yeah. the lives of the women that you could minister to that you couldn't before yeah, because you didn't have this experience. You didn't have this, you know, working things out with the Lord and what he's doing in you. So it's such a, a um, what do they say? Like, it just, it's like a ripple effect. Yes. And to be honest, I'm still in, in the middle of it. And, and so I don't see all of the, the things that God has planned. I actually don't see all of the why I'm not fully on the other side yet, but there's a sense and a knowing and a perceiving that, that God just confirmed in me on that flight back. You, you, this is the life that even though you didn't think you wanted it, this is it. And I am working all these things together for your good in ways. And so it was just this confidence and this trust and this confirmation from God that all these things that you actually prayed for, it is what you're going to walk. It's just not any way how you thought it was going to go. Right. And I love this message to, I mean, all women anywhere, but to women in ministry, like you said, like people give up too quickly. And don't, you know, if you're listening and you're walking through something where you're like, I didn't know ministry was going to be like this, or I didn't know this church was going to hurt me in this way. And I want to check out like the Lord is not done with your story. Mm -hmm. And there's a story of redemption and Mm -hmm. reconciliation that if you hold on to, and you are um, deliberate in, in your healing and you're grabbing onto the Lord, like you're going to see this beauty that comes from something that is the most painful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a verse that I, um, I want to share it's first Corinthians 15, 58. And this is something that is a verse I cling to. And it's therefore my dear brothers and sisters stand firm, let nothing move you. That person that's, that betrayed you, that you least expected that staff member, the, the ministry leader, whatever, let nothing, your insecurities, your doubts, your struggles, let nothing move you always, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. And I think a lot of times there's a hang up here because when we're messy, when we don't have it figured out, when we're like, Oh, I just can't today. Like you can still give your fullness to the Lord. Even if your fullness doesn't feel like your best. Right. And that's where I was like, God, I am not at my best. I don't recognize myself. I don't, I've never been this way before. He doesn't care. He just wants you to keep showing up because he can use it. So always in your messy times, in your strong time, give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. And this is why, because you know that your labor, whatever you do in Jesus name for his church, for his kingdom, whatever you do, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And that's something that I held on to. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. No heartache, no betrayal, no trial, no struggle, nothing in this life for Jesus will be wasted. And I clung to that. If I show up, if I honor you, even in this, I know, even though it feels like everything is wasted, it feels like we took a wrong term turn. It's not my life not be wasted because I'm going to show up and give my best to you. Even if it doesn't look like my best. Mm, That's so good. And I love, you know, um, I, something that I say to people is like, you go through these hurts and you think that someone or something, or even we think ourselves have removed the call of God on our lives. Mm. You think, Oh, this person betrayed me and I had to leave the church. Well, Mm. God, like my calling is, is, is gone. I'm, you know, or, you know, Oh, I made a wrong turn. I've messed up and I've removed the call of God. And I, I say, nobody can remove the call of God in your life. You can decide to check out and say, you know, out of bitterness, I'm, I'm out Lord. But other than that, like nobody has this power to just be like, you know, flick you off the ministry chessboard and you're, you're out, you know? Um, and I, I just, I love that verse and this message, like just cling, cling mm-hmm. to him, stand firm. Nobody has that power over you. Yes. And we believe it. Sometimes we believe, Oh, I'm out. I'm not, I'm done. You mm-hmm. know? So that's so good. Thank you for sharing that. Now you 
talk about your Bible study. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's one of those things that, um, man, you, God gave me this just, I actually went to, um, study the story of Joseph just, just for myself. Like I wasn't planning on writing a study. And this was back when we were at a great church in Texas and, um, had more room and more of, um, I guess, leeway to do, like we could host our own conferences and events and, and live studies and recordings and stuff. Right. And so it was in this time I was leading the women's ministry and I was seeking God personally for myself, but God started just speaking through the story of Joseph in supernatural ways where I was like, what? I've never seen this before. This is powerful. This is amazing. So I started sharing it with our leadership team and our staff. And, you know, they were like, that's amazing. You've got to share this. And so, you know, we ended up taking uh, the women of our church through it and it was powerful. I did everything backwards, everything in reverse. I didn't actually write the study and then, and then publish it. It was like, so opposite. And so if anyone's listening out there and they don't feel like they know fully what to do, but they're just trying to honor God with the next step, like that's totally okay. Uh, you don't have to figure it out. You don't have to know what you're doing. If God just puts something on your heart to do, do it and he'll work it out. And so that's my story. I didn't go into this with the plan, but the crazy thing is, I feel like he gave me a guide, a story to hold on to because I was going to walk through these lessons. So remember when I said, um, all hell broke loose in our life. Um, well, some of the topics of, of the Joseph Bible study, it's, you know, it's about, if you haven't read this story, it's, it's just these lessons of a man who remained faithful to the Lord when life, uh, was awful. When things went from bad to worse, he honored God with his life and then something horrible happened and then it got worse and then it got even worse. Like it was, you know, um, trial, rejection, sorrow, betrayal, dealing with insecurities and disappointment and forgiveness. And to be honest, um, it was like, it was like one thing as I shared it and then I had to live it. Yeah. <laughs> Did and you have that sense that you were going to walk through this when you, when you're studying this and you were like, oh, the Lord was giving you a vision of, you know, and just insight into the story of Joseph. Did you have that sense of, I'm going to, I'm going to take you through something. You know, it was, it's actually been the first time where I haven't had to walk it before I speak it. Most of the message messages that God gives me, um, my husband is like, you have like a prophetic word from the Lord usually. And that may sound great, but to be honest, a lot of times it's really hard because the message, you know, if I'm like, Lord, um, show me what you want me to speak to this, our church or the, these, this women or whoever, he'll give me a message. And, um, usually it's pretty challenging. It's pretty, you know, convicting. And then, he, I have to live it out before I even speak it. And it's constant. Like that's how it normally is. And so this one came after. And so for me, it was actually a really beautiful thing that the Lord equipped me with when I was really weak and when I was really struggling, it was like when you're being used by God and you know, it's him. When I went back, it wasn't like I was hearing my voice or my words through the study. Truly God spoke to me again, even though I was the vessel that wrote it, it was him. So when I went back and did this on my own, I needed it. God equipped me to walk through the trials. God equipped me to walk through and to stay faithful and to give him honor even when life was less than I hoped it would be, because that's the study. How can we be found faithful when life is less than, and it was like living it out. And so, um, I don't even remember the question you asked me, but did I answer it? <laughs> you did. Yes. I, so I, I asked if you had a sense that you were going to walk through that, but you know, and in, I love that you say that normally it's like, you're walking through something and you, you know, you have a message for people, but you didn't realize like, this was like, almost like the Lord was preparing you. Yes. It was a gift. This. It's no. like, I, I like to say before I asked, he answered. Mm -hmm. And it's like, before you knew you needed it, he yeah. had given it to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
it was, it was powerful. And I know it's weird to say that, um, but really that's when you know, it's from the Lord that this changed my life. It allowed me to hold on to hope. It was just a reminder of watching how God can use even the most difficult situations, how seeing someone remain faithful, be betrayed, be rejected, go through incredible challenges. And yet God brought out unbelievable uh, victory from a story of loss. And so it just gives us hope when we're going through hard times and we're clouded by our present circumstances to look beyond and say, look, no, there are stories of hope for a reason for us to hold on to and be reminded that even when Joseph was um, betrayed and rejected and thrown into prison and life went worse, God was with him. He couldn't see it, but all of us in the audience can see it. And that's how it is in our life. We can't see it, but when we hold on and choose and we say, you know what, I'm tempted to walk away. I'm tempted to give up. This isn't what I signed up for. No, instead we can say, God, I don't see you. I don't feel you, but out of love and my commitment to you, I choose you. And I know you're going to use this for the good. That's the hope is that anyone who walks through it will have the courage and encouragement to be reminded that no matter what, no matter what you go through, no matter what you walk through, God can use it. He is working. Um, we're not forgotten. We're not alone. And he's going to use it for the good. He will. Amen. That is so good. So how can I get my hands on that? Um, how can I um, put information for the Bible study in the show notes? Because I definitely would love to grab a hold of that. Absolutely. Um, so I have, I have a website, NicoleWinsec.com. So it's kind of hard to spell. I can spell it, but, um, I'm going to put that link right in our show notes and on my website. Yes. So it's on several other, um, websites, Amazon church leaders, but, um, I love it when people have that personal connection, um, for every single Bible study that comes in, um, I pray over and there's an opportunity for women to share what they need a prayer request for. And, um, I I take that seriously. And so if they ask me to pray, I actually send them a a little card with a prayer with the Bible study. And, um, we will be having a little bit more in there as well. So I have a a t-shirt that goes with the study as well and information about our event. If any woman hears this and just wants to come in April, come on, um, our breakthrough. So you can check it out there. Great. Um, I'm excited about that. And I will, I'd love to just get more information on your, on the event. So I can, is that on your website as well? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Um, so I'm going to go a little off script here and throw out some questions, um, as we wrap up. And if you don't want to share, you can just like say pass. Yeah. But, um, as you were talking, I was just thinking about how you were struggling with giving up this life that you had Mm -hmm. felt was comfortable. Now you're, you're reaping the harvest. Um, and your husband gets this call and you guys are praying through it. Did you, in your darkest moments of struggling, did you ever have those moments of resentment towards him or God or whoever said to him, Hey, what do you want to do with your life? And did you ever have those moments where you were like angry? Yeah. So part of the reason it was so hard was because Mike and I, and that's my husband, Mike, we have an incredible marriage. We have a wonderful relationship, but when all hell broke loose, uh, it attacked our marriage too. So we were divided in a way that even though I did follow him out, I did support him. I wasn't, maybe I didn't realize I was resentful where I became resentful was, um, you know, I don't know if you know the Enneagram or if you're a big fan of the Enneagram. I know a little bit. Yeah. Well, um, we've learned a lot through that. He's a seven. I'm a one sevens. So his personality is to compartmentalize and withdraw. Everything's good. Just keep charging on, you know, doesn't need to talk about it. Like pain is just like, what? Nope, no pain. Right. And, um, for me, I, he, I'm usually a strong, optimistic, big faith, So when I went through this process, he had never seen me like this in 14 years, right? Or 13 years. I didn't recognize myself. I had never been so emotional, so sad, so lost. And I don't think he knew what to do with me. And he closed off. 
which, you know, this is just real life. You know, even yeah. people in ministry, pastors, you would have struggles, right? It's just real life. And so there, a distance became, began to grow. And yet we were, had so much weight on our shoulders financially, our kids struggling, the church, the church plant that we came to help was falling apart in so many ways. And we were like, what did we get into? You know, it just, it was a mess. And so him and I, I cried myself to sleep. He didn't know what to do with me. We stopped talking. Uh, it got bad. Like if I'm just honest, it got bad. And that's where I felt so alone because my best friend, my ministry partner, both uh, the girlfriends I had and my husband, I had lost. And so um, resentment did start to grow. What happened though, as God, um, we honestly started seeing a counselor and I think Mm -hmm. that's healthy. I think people, we do marriage counseling all the time with others. He is awesome at it, right? He, he, um, does pastoral marriage counseling on a regular basis. And I think there's sometimes guilt that people feel or shame like, Oh, we shouldn't go to counseling, but I'll tell you what, everybody needs a good coach in their life. Everyone needs, uh, someone to encourage them and challenge them. And we needed it. So we humbled ourselves and we're like, we need marriage counseling. So we went and it wasn't a fix all, but we, that's when we really started desperately seeking, um, God for, something has to shift. Something has to break because our marriage is falling apart and it's never been this way. We're not on the same page. Uh, you've got to show up. God, the church plant is falling apart. We've never known failure. What's happening. Right. And so during that time we fasted and prayed and that's when God supernaturally aligned our path with life church, which we didn't even know they were coming to the Springs. And then that's, again, there's like so many stories upon stories of God's goodness and miraculous intervention in our life. But that's one of the things where looking back, we didn't see that coming, but we ultimately believe that's why he sent us here like Joseph ahead of time so that we would be here knowing it's just so crazy. So I don't know, we've probably used up our time, but one little just glimpse of hope where when Life Church uh, entered our path, as we were saying, God, we don't know what to do with this church plant. We can't jump ship because we came here and we're not abandoning these people, but you've got to show up. So we were praying for another church that needed to merge, honestly. Yeah. It wasn't our original plan. And we kind of felt like failures, but we were like, we were called here to reach the city, no matter what has to happen. Even if we have to step back, like we're going to reach the city, but you've got to provide the way to do it. Right. So when we got the invite from life church and, and that started unfolding through just a like for real miraculous way, um, they had already hired their whole staff and their whole team. They were all ready to go. Right. And they normally don't hire somebody that doesn't, it's just a long story, but they have a certain way of doing things, right? So 36 campuses, all the things. Well, God just, made a supernatural way. He showed favor. Some of the senior leaders of Life Church flew out to meet us. I don't know why, <laughs> right? It was like, what's happening? But it was like, God, just like Joseph again, where the favor of the Lord is, you cannot shut the doors of God, even if the obstacles are everywhere. So God went before us, gave us favor. They're like, hey, we've hired all of our team, but we're going to, we feel God's moving. And we never want to get in the way of a move of God. So we're going to open up a position. We normally don't open up and this is not how we do it. So we're going to, you know, open up the life groups, life missions, pastor, you know, now coming from senior pastoring, would you be willing to step back? And, you know, lots and lots and lots happened, but we said, yes, you know, who are we? It's not about us. If we can step back to push a greater mission forward, right? So fast forward a little, we, we went back to our church plant. We, we shared with them what God was doing. We um, met with our elder team. We were all confirmed. We would basically, in essence, close the doors and enfold, be adopted into Life Church to then relaunch. That was in the beginning of March. We were supposed to launch with Life Church in April. Well, that was last year. No one knew what was happening, but March 8th, our very last Sunday of the bridge, the church plant we were at, guess what happened? 
COVID hit the, the United wow. States. And we were meeting in a school at the time. And the very next day, at, after our last service, they called and said, your church will no longer be able to meet indefinitely wow. due to COVID, which no one saw coming except for the Lord. So our church wasn't going to make it. It would have had to close down. God knew it, sent a rescue, wow. right? And so then with Life Church, this is where the, it's like, just keeps going. God's plan, even though I was a mess, even though we were broken, our marriage was falling apart, our finances were falling apart. We were like, God, where are you? What are you doing for a year? It was the worst year of my life. And God just said, trust me, I'm working, show up. And I was like, I don't see you. I hate this, but I'm yours. Right. Mm. And so then COVID hits life church, Colorado Springs cannot launch in April, but guess what? It can launch life groups, life missions online. That's our campus doesn't launch, but we launched like 12 life groups. The only position that they weren't originally going to have that they don't normally launch with because of COVID was the main position they activated. Isn't that crazy? So it's God, so crazy. Yeah. So looking, I just, no, go ahead. Looking back now, just like in the story of Joseph, we can see God's hand aligning, working, moving, but each person had to say yes, or they wouldn't have seen it through to completion. Right. Yeah. And that's what I keep thinking as you're talking, Nicole, I keep thinking, what if you said, I'm done. Like I, I literally wrote show up down here on my book because I have to, sometimes all you have to do and have the strength for is to show up. But if you, and what I love about hearing your story, it's, it's powerful. If you keep this story to yourself, Mm. and you don't share it. Do you mm. know how many people will not show up when we mm. tell our story and we say, just show up. Mm. Like they're going to have a chance to see God redeem their story. Yes. You could have after that year checked out and been done, but then you would have missed the beauty of what, and you could also keep your story to yourself and mm. people would miss this, the beauty. I think just show up. Just show up and whoever's listening that you're in this moment of, I, this is too painful. I don't know if I can do this. Lord, mm -hmm. it's been a year. Lord, it's been two years. Lord, yeah. when are you going to just show up mm -hmm. if that's all you can do and cling to that verse. First Corinthians 15, 58, just yeah. cling to it. Yeah. And there's also another um, story just real quick of a man that I used to be judgmental of in the Bible. And I was like, dude, where's your faith? Right. <laughs> Until I walked through my broken season. And then I claimed it all the time. And it was the father whose son, um, had a demon and it had possessed him from, and he like was crazy, like foaming at the mouth, like uncontrollable. And the father asked the disciples couldn't heal him. And, and the father went to Jesus and said, if you can heal my son. And Jesus looks at him and he says, if I can. Mm -hmm. And he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. And that has been something where I've learned it doesn't matter what I feel. I can still claim it. And, and I might be a mess. I might be unsure. To be honest, I didn't believe anymore that God was going to come through for me. If I'm just honest, I didn't yeah. believe. I believed God parted the Red Sea. I believe he died and rose again. I believed him as God. I didn't believe he would rescue me. I didn't. But you know what I said? Lord, have mercy on me. I believe, but I don't believe. And you know what? I learned a grace about God that I'd never experienced before. He was so gracious with me that even though I truly didn't really believe he was going to come through, I asked for it anyways. And he didn't punish me because I struggled. He didn't punish me and say, well, I'm withholding this from you because you're wavering and you're doubting. No, he is a gracious, good God wanting to show us mercy, wanting to deliver and rescue us. And he did that. And it wasn't because I was in my strongest, best, most victorious moment. It was my weakest, most doubting, but still showing up and saying yes anyways. And my God came through for me, mm. even when I didn't believe he would. And I believe whoever's listening right now, wherever you're at, I believe that God wants to come through and show himself real for you too. Mm. Yes. 
And, and that's so true. And that's so good. And I, I want to thank you for saying, I didn't believe because sometimes we feel guilty and we think it's, it's my, because I'm not believing I'm not going to see. And so thank you for saying that because we need to encourage each other and other women who are in ministry who maybe think, you know, they're, they're ashamed of, oh, my unbelief, whatever, you know, we need to be honest about these things. Yeah. And I just think that's so powerful. So, um, as we're wrapping up, I, first, I want to thank you for sharing your story. And that's why I do joy for ministry. And that's why I have women on because women have such powerful stories. And when we keep it, you know, when we don't tell it, Mm -hmm. um, people are missing out. And I'm, I, I think that you have a unique story and it's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, and so as we're, we're wrapping up, if you, what is one or two things that you would go back and tell yourself when you were, you know, either first out in ministry or first walking through this pain, Mm -hmm. or what would you tell the woman, the woman that's listening that is like, I can relate and I'm in a dark place. Like, you know, what, what are one or two encouraging things that you wish you could go back and tell Nicole Mm -hmm. several years ago? Yeah. Something, especially being involved in women's ministry, you know, it's funny, the responses you get from women, when you talk about women's ministry, it could be like, Oh, that's awesome. Or wonderful. Or more often than not, uh, I get the response. Ooh, I don't do women's ministry. Women are mean women are this Mm -hmm. women are that. And that's because of the truth is there's been hurt. We've all been hurt by somebody, but the truth also is we've also all hurt someone else. And so I think something that I've learned that I wish I would have learned earlier on is to go into ministry, to go into life, to go into relationships, knowing this, they will hurt you. They will disappoint you. They will let you down, but so will you. It's not if they're going to hurt you, it's pre-deciding in your mind that it's going to be worth it, that we are better together, that, yeah, you're going to sometimes pour all of your heart into these relationships and it's going to flop and you're going to get hurt, but then you're going to pour your heart into this relationship and it's going to bring tenfold what you ever expected. I'm better. I am who I am today. I couldn't have made it through the last two years without godly women, old and new in my life, speaking in, holding up my arms, you know, uh, telling me what I needed to hear when I couldn't speak it over myself. Right. And so not giving up because relationships are hard, but knowing Uh, that they're imperfectly beautiful and that they take work and they take a lot of grace. So I would say go into relationships in the church, knowing someone will hurt you. Almost every single one of my closest friends have hurt me deeply and I've probably hurt them deeply, but you know what? We choose beforehand. We keep this at the forefront of all the women's ministry teams. I lead, I tell them, I'm going to hurt you. You're going to hurt me. That's not the deciding factor of whether we do this together. It's choosing to love how Christ has loved us. It's choosing to walk in Philippians chapter two. And this is the verse, if you're in ministry, or if you just want to serve God with all your heart, I read Philippians chapter two constantly because I need it. I need the reminder to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit to be humble, to consider others, to look out for their interest, to make sure my attitude reflects Christ, which was, um, yeah, he was going to go face the cross. And yet he washed his betrayers feet. Like we're going to have trouble. We're going to get hurt. We are called to serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the perfect savior did not come to be served, but to serve. And we can go into ministry expecting it to be all like this and look at what we've done. And the reality is those same people that you serve are going to betray you. Are you going to wash their feet and say, Jesus, this is for you? Because when I started, this was for you. So no matter what they do to me, it's still for you. Mm. And so I just, that mindset has really helped me stay with it because we're prideful. I'm prideful. I want to be loved this way. I want, we all want to be acknowledged and affirmed. And sometimes that doesn't happen. So checking our motives, um, you know, going into relationships, knowing it's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. I'm going to be hurt, 
but I'm also going to hurt. So give the same grace that I want to receive, right? Um, so that's just a couple things that I think I would in- encourage. And then just remember your why. Remember why you started in the first place, because no matter what other people do, the one you're doing it for has never changed. So why has my calling, right? If, right. if Jesus called me to it, then whatever people do doesn't change whether I do it or not. So that's tough. I know it's hard to hear. And trust me, I've had to live it um, more often than I want to admit. And um, that's why I go to Philippians too. And that's why I have humility tattooed on my wrist <laughs> because I need the reminder. Well, that's, that's so good. And that's so important. And I love that you brought that up. Like those two things, like you're going to get hurt. You're going to hurt, you know, and, and that's so important. It's so encouraging. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story and I'm excited to put your information, you know, on the show notes and for anybody that, um, you know, just wants to know more about you and your story and the Bible study, they can grab a hold of that. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for stepping into your calling to offer a place where women can share their stories and and the reality of what they're going through to encourage one another. And I just pray God blesses you and your ministry and allows your story to be heard too. Thank you so much, Nicole. Wow, I was so blessed by my time with Nicole. For more information on Nicole or her Bible study, Joseph, or more information on the event that she has coming up, please check out the show notes. I have a link in there that goes right to her website where you can find everything. Also, come back next week for another episode. And hey, could you share us, rate us, subscribe? And again, if you need prayer, check out our website, joyforministry.com. We have other resources on there. We would love to walk alongside you. See you next week.